You are listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe. Hello, I'm Eric Lawler. Welcome to episode 35 of House of Football with Sports Joe. Delighted to have in studio today, Alan Colwey. Alan Colwey? Alan, Co- you think I know I, your name? Down I've been stage? called worse, Eric. I've Alan been called Corley. worse. <laughs> and Graham Garley. I take Colwey over Crawley. That's the one that bumped me. Crawley. A lot of people say that. That really? bumped me. Yeah, that's that bumped no. me. That's no. <laughs> <laughs> that. Have you ever been introduced on RT? Is that never? But no. I'd leave. Who's done it? Who's I'd done leave if they did. Okay. Have you been on other podcasts? Have you been seeing other podcasts? No, it's just people. I've I've seen it and heard it a few times. Yeah, okay. that bugs me. Right. It's Colley. I don't mind Colley. Colley. <laughs> Alan Colley. And uh, and Graham Gartland, uh, lads, thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, I suppose we'll go straight into it. It's been a, an international break. Um, the familiar sight of Ireland coming out of a game, having been beaten. And it's the end of the road. It's the end of the campaign and quite very possibly the end of Stephen Kenny's reign. And we look back at the European campaign, two wins, six defeats, nine goals scored, ten goals conceded. Um, and six of those goals we scored, or seven of those goals we scored were against uh, Gibraltar. Um, and they were the only team we beat. Uh, I suppose, Graham, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, just your 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 feelings of the whole campaign as a whole, and 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 where we are at the moment, and Stephen Kenny and all that. It's just an indifference and an apathy towards at this stage. You know, um, it, it's just come to the end of the road. It's this natural thing. He's going to go. Uh, you think he will go, Graham? Yeah? yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't think there's any way that he can stay. Uh, even from the association, I think the association could lose credibility if they keep him as well. Um, I don't think they've done anything over this campaign in particular that would stand out that you'd say, right, there's enough there for him to stay. Yeah, you can yeah. see progress. I actually probably feel they've gone backwards. I think before when he can point to say, look, we scored goals, we were attacking, we had made chances. I think that's gone as well. He even touched on it himself, saying, look, you know, we have to address it. We're not creating enough chances. He had one shot on target against Holland, I think, was in the sixth minute. Um, and that, and that, they're the bits that have gone backwards. I was always worried about them defensively, always, especially even in the 3-4-3. Three, three, they gave up a lot of space in front of their own goal, that red zone, as they call it, where they, they got a lot of shots away. And the people are going, why are they conceding a lot of goals from distance? Well, they gave up a lot of space in that area. Because you've only two midfielders in there, so when one of them jumps, you're left with a single midfielder there trying to defend against maybe a, a winger. An opposition team spotted this. Yeah, and maybe a winger coming in off the line or a 10 just pulling off the shoulder. And they were getting... Sh- I'm not saying, look, they're going to take shots once they see the goal, but they have when you have that extra half yard or an extra yard, they're going to pull the trigger on it. Uh, and I was always worried about that. I think... I don't know why he's gone three... F- to, into this system I think when you play this system you have to be really technically excellent but also physically dominant and I don't think we are either um, and that's not the players fault that, that we've created them in this country so it's their fault that they're probably not technically efficient but you play to your strengths at times people talk about I hear loads of people saying oh well you know, we can't just go back to crossing into the box and I'm going but the ball has to end up central at some stage that's where the goal is you know, what type of crosses you put in that's can be like, I'm talking about crosses from deep would be a worry for me if you, that's all we had. But if you're getting to the end line or inside runs where the, a, full, a full back or a, an inside winger is, is making an inside run and then it's a cutback, I take them all day or little hang ups to the back post all day. But so it's the type of crosses that you get in. But the ball has to end up central. That's where the goal is. And to me, I think that's gone away as well. I don't see any. I don't see us getting in behind or down the sides in any type of constructive manner. And is it because 
we're trying to play football, so to speak. Is, is that is that what's happened? It's it's it's, it's we've 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 given away what what we're good at. Strong. Uh, Stephen Kenny brought in this new philosophy, I suppose, of football. We can hold the ball. We can keep possession. Uh, I think at one stage he said we won the best possession teams in Europe. Um, is, I, is, I, I think we had this thing that when we went with Martin O'Neill and we were looking at maybe looking at rose tinted glasses, maybe at England and they were getting to finals and stuff, and we're thinking we're going to dominate the ball. And and we've never been a nation to do that, and we never will be a nation to do that because there's better countries out there than us at doing it, and we're never going to dominate the ball. And people think by dominating the ball you dominate the game and you control it. That's never going to be us. And people say, well, why not? It's just not. I I, I can't see it ever being us in the next thirty years. Um, so you have to play in f- like stages. So there's going to be moments where right, we're not, we have a bit of momentum. We're going to play. We're going to punch through the lines. Ireland against France, the handball game. Ireland got mm-hmm. a bit of momentum up and start playing. Mm-hmm. Even I go back, I remember my dad used to tell me this, Russia 88. Oh, yeah. Ireland played. Yeah. It was like they went, oh, and, it, and that's what happens. You play in terms of fits and starts. But then there's also times when you're going to have a tr- chance to play and we then need to suffer and we need to get into shape and we need to be difficult to play against and we need to stop you and stop your momentum. I just think we think, and oh, I no, we, we we need to dominate the ball. We That's how we win games. And you're like, well, there's more than... One way. That's the um, that's, the, that's bit, the bit. That's the bit. That's kind of because, um, as you said, it was almost like a raging discussion and debate broke out after the Martin O'Neill stuff, and then Stephen comes in and you were either total football or the anti stuff that we were kind of uh, seeing towards the end of Mick and Martin and all that kind of stuff, which I hated, yeah. absolutely hated. But that's not to say I didn't understand it either. Um, and then when Stephen came in. Obviously, there was this fresh approach, new approach. He wanted, obviously, as, as Graham says, dominate the ball was the phrase he used or whatever. Um, and just have a bit more of a foothold in the game in possession, I suppose, is the best way of phrasing it. But for me, there's no set way of playing. You can you can have a foothold in the game with possession, but you can still do the other stuff as well. And you can have a mix and a balance. But it seems to me, and, and, and I suppose the stats back it up, and as Graham says... I think you even said it, Eric, we've gone away from the stuff that we're good at and gone to a stuff that's almost ingrained in the players now that, that feel as though, well, oh no, we can't play a ball over the top or we can't flick one around the corner and get to the end line and push up in behind it or whatever. It has to be pass, pass, come out the other side over the and recycle it the whole time. Even Stephen used that phrase after the game against the Netherlands, there was too much recycling of the ball um, at times. And, and the game, as Graham says, is about scoring goals, getting on the end of things, a, a cutting edge at the top end of the pitch. And we never look like we've a cutting edge or, uh, in the games when we watch it now. And I suppose you started off asking the question about the campaign. Six defeats, it doesn't make for good reading. And I know people will say it was France and the Netherlands. That's fine. But I still feel the, the bit that irritates me about the campaign is there's not even a draw in there. <laughs> you could even go away to the Netherlands and get a draw. That's fine. Shut up! Sh- not, I'm not saying shut up shop. Play, play as Graham says. Play in the moments when you have the ball. But then bang, we're in a shape. It's going to be d- difficult to break down. You're not going to get through us, and and we'll suffer a little bit for 10, 15 minutes. But then we'll have our moment again for five or ten minutes when we get up the pitch or whatever. And they eke out a draw. Nothing wrong with that. Eke out a draw. That's a good result. You come back, say we got a draw away from home. We'll take them on at home if that's the way you want to to view it. And the Greek games, as everybody knows, was the big ones that we had kind of built up to be. These might be the games to define. Not qualification but I always felt maybe to finish third in the table because yeah. um, I never thought we were good enough to qualify anyway but to maybe finish third and them games were so disappointing because we were so outclassed outplayed outwitted and they're the things that will come back to haunt Stephen and you can dress it up any way you want I was all for Stephen at the start um, 
and I felt he was there on merit. I wanted to give him a chance, give him his opportunity. He's had more of a chance, more of an opportunity than than any managers I can remember. And this was the campaign I was even allowing for saying, because up to now we had always given him that kind of leeway in terms of the transitional period and the amount of players that were coming through and this, that and the other. Whereas I always said at the start of the campaign, now it's results. You have to get judged by results. And I, fi- I think if we did okay in those Greek games, Eric, and put, gave a better account of ourselves and had an extra three or four points on the board, I think he'd be in a position where he might be kept on. But it's been so disappointing throughout. No matter how he dresses it up, he's had his chance, he's had his opportunity. It's a shame it's come to this, but that's the end. You said, see the France game where we, we have a good shape, but we play in moments in the game, they score a goal. Then we have our moment to nearly score. Keeper makes an unbelievable save. We have a bit of pressure near the end. If you get a draw in that, we walk away going, good pragmatic game. We played in state. We played in fits and starts. You're playing against basically two, a team that's gone to the World Cup finals the last two times here. Best in the world. Yeah, best in the world. Had a go off them. They're, un- they're unbelievable in terms of the squad depth is a joke. But we had a go in their way. And you walk away with a draw and you go, oh, we can build on that. But then it's like, that's great. We're gonna go and like dominate against Greece, and, that, and you're like, well, respect your opposition as well. Mm. That they're gonna have moments, and and that's the thing. International football, it it, it it's nearly like a twenty minute spell of right. Let's see how you are, and then we go. And we're just going. We're just. I just think we're far too open with the ball. Mm. And as someone who's a defender, I'd be pulling my hair out, going, "Look, lads, we need to get a better shape. We need our distance." The lads in the back are too exposed. Yeah, our, our distances between the back line and the midfield is too big, so they can pop in and play. But as soon as you empty that. If you go in and follow somebody in, because there's not enough pressure on the ball, there's a runner in behind you. So you then, as a defender, you're thinking, worst case scenario, I have to stay because I'm not giving up a chance on my goal. I'll give up that, but I'm not giving a chance on my goal. And then you're nearly going, you nearly say to your midfielders, you need to come back five yards. We'll squeeze five and pull your lads all back in and be compact both um, lengthwise and widthwise. And I, I never saw us really do that. Maybe in the France game I saw that where I thought, good shape. We had a plan about Mbappe. It worked to a certain extent. You still lose the game. But I thought, oh, you can build on that. And I never thought we did. I suppose the, the signature of Irish teams in the past is even when they've struggled, they've always had one maybe good result in the group against the big nation. Even a draw, as, as you alluded to there. I mean, you look at Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland have had a, a terrible campaign, but then they go and beat Denmark yeah. 2-0 last night. And we don't have any results like that over the last few years, you know. Um, I just, just want to just say quickly, like when we look back at the Stephen Kenny era, and he still has a job, it hasn't been finalised yet, but it's looking more, more likely that he will be leaving. Like, has he left the Irish team in a better state now? He's given 18 debuts in his tenure over the, the, the last couple of years, um, uh, Graham, I'd start with you, particularly you coming from a, a youthful coaching academy that, of Shamrock Rovers. And, uh, do you think Irish football is in a better state in that he has blooded so many young players? I think he has, and, and, and he's brave to do that. I think there's other nuances to this is like he's lost a lot of coaches behind the scenes. Like the, the Damien Duff left, uh, Anthony Barry, Eustace. He's, he's had to chop and change a lot of coaches, which hasn't been probably the easiest thing to do because I've worked with Stephen. He's not an on-field coach. That's not his forte. Oh, he's not hands-on? No, he, he'd be around it and he'd be, in, he'd be involved in what sessions you're doing, but he wouldn't be the one to step in. He'll have his say, but in terms of like up until you're doing the tactical stuff, generally he's probably just Trust watching. Trust his coaches. Yeah, and, yeah. And, he, and, and so I think Anthony Barry was probably a big loss. Um, I could see that. But in terms of bringing the young players in, it was going to happen at some stage because the older players weren't getting it done either. So I know this thing of like, are we, but I do feel 
throwing too many young players in too early, you might lack leadership in your group then because they're looking around to see who's going to help us here. Um, and I, I felt that was missing an on-field player to get them together and even get them through them tough moments. We've all had players like that, but that just pull you in. Look at Alan, stop wandering here. Just sit in with me for five minutes, will you? You know what I mean? Let's get back in the game. Uh, you hear ex-pros talk about this a lot. Senior players in your dressing room, but the right ones, <coughs> the right senior pros in your dressing room that will keep your team right, keep them on, keep them right on the pitch, which is the main thing. In the heat of battle, to go actually just stay for five. We're under a bit of pressure, and then they can again. I talk about momentum a lot in football, but it's stopping someone's momentum as well, and we can't keep being that open. And that's where I think the young players they bring you energy, they bring you a lot of enthusiasm they, they have quality as well but they probably need somebody to control and rein them in sometimes like like um, like an older pro what, like probably what Roy Keane would have done back when he was playing you, uh, uh, go on sorry, uh, sorry just on the, on the new players coming mm. in uh, you caused quite a stir there <laughs> uh, Friday um, by uh, the, your Andrew your, your comments on Andrew Moran now Andrew Moran is a brilliant potentially brilliant player for Ireland and, and Brighton and he's with Blackburn on loan he's ripping her up in the championship at the moment looks like a really great talent and Brighton have huge hopes for him um, but uh, do you want to tell us what you said um, what, 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 you, what, yeah. what frustrated you so much about it so yeah the game obviously we were doing the 21s game on Friday Graham was working on it as well and um, it was just my feeling going into the game and I'd seen this happen because I worked on a, the previous campaign with the 21s when they got to the playoff and I felt we missed the trick massively when it got to that playoff because Israel dropped down three players, three senior players from their senior team and for that playoff play, played against our under-21s and ultimately there was not, not much in the game um, but went to penalties and they obviously came out the, the better side of it. And I just felt we missed the trick massively because people talk about the debuts and the lads coming through. I would... I would give Stephen a lot of credit on that, but I'd also say a lot of them lads are coming through anyway, Eric. Nathan Collins is coming through anyway, whether Stephen's in charge, whether I'm in charge, whether you're in charge, he's getting his debut. Um, Evan Ferguson, you know, there's players there that are coming through anyway, so I wouldn't be... The goalkeeper, Gavin as well, he's coming. So I wouldn't be too overly, oh, well, he's plucked these out of nowhere and given them, you know, when when we're being overlooked. Um, But just on the the one on, on Friday then, so here we are in a situation with the 21s again, where... They've got off to a really good start in the campaign and these are the two make or break games if you like because they're playing against Norway. They're two competitors. The two main yeah. ones for qualification. You're playing Norway away, tough game and you're playing Italy at home uh, in Cork on Tuesday night. So my feeling on it was Andy Moran is going to get 50 caps for Ireland, right? I'd hang me hat on that, I would say, right? Or whatever he's going to get. His debut was going to come it, it didn't have to come on Saturday night in the Netherlands. His debut will come whether it's after Christmas. It might be New Zealand now. It probably will be because he's called in on Tuesday night. But it would have came after Christmas. It was an inevitability that he was going to get his debut no matter what. And go on to have a great career. This isn't... I'm delighted for the kid that he's getting called up. And the only argument, basically, I, I was trying to get the point across that it was a dead rubber Saturday night. Regardless of whatever way you look at that against the Netherlands, it was a dead rubber. Did he really need to be in the Netherlands? Uh, whether he comes on, was he going to make that much of a difference? Was it going to be that much of a big deal whether he got his first cap in the Netherlands or whether it came after Christmas? Not to me. Was it much more important that he was with the 21s and helping them in a difficult game against Norway to try and qualify? And hopefully if they got a good result in Norway, take it into the Italy game. And if they were putting, putting themselves in a position where we were to qualify, the bigger picture of this, arc is that we've never qualified for a 21s. So even Graham is making the point about these young lads coming through, having no kind of 
senior players, generals around them to guide them through. The experience they would gain from a major tournament playing against an Italy, Germany, France in an under-21 to then go on for your senior career would be unbelievable. And we've never experienced that. We've never had that. So that was the point I was making. And we've missed the trick massively on that. Andy Moran will, as I say, go on and have a great career. He'll now probably play in a half-empty stadium against in a Mickey Mouse friendly. Well, hang on a second. This is revenge for the Rugby World Cup tonight. <laughs> in, in your head. In a, in a Mickey Mouse stadium. And I also true it wasn't just Andy Moran. He was the one. Um, I'm a daily. His last game, right? I'm a big fan of him as well. His last game play came for Norwich, the 29th of August. He hasn't kicked the ball a month, Eric. He would have been better off served, playing with the 21s as well. And this, Spain did this back in 2011 or 12, drop players down, the best players in the world, some of them. And and here we are kind of thinking, oh no, they're senior players, now we can't drop them down. Why can we not drop them down? Yeah. They're not that good. Yeah. They haven't, yeah, prov- yeah, yeah, they haven't yeah. proved anything yet of how good they are. The Moran one, as I said, just because Amabamadale is different because he had the few caps. The Moran one, I just felt it would have been far better served had he played with the 21s. And, and the only thing people are coming back to me with is, oh, well, the senior team takes precedence. I get all that, and I totally understand that. And the the underage teams are there to serve the senior team. Get all that. But this was a different situation because it was a dead rubber mm-hmm. in the Netherlands, and it was a huge, important game for the 21s to try and get us qualified. And at the end of the day, didn't even get on. Well, it, it's hard, like, because we've both been players, and if, if I know, again, someone who probably missed out on a cap unluckily... Like I can never get that back, you know, and and I probably seen it from that point of view where I was looking. I wasn't gonna go on and get fifty caps. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, I don't know that. Uh, no, depends what I, I, I do. I do know it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? But like, as somebody who didn't get one, you just want to get there as quick as you can. So the, from Andy Moran's point of view, he's probably thinking, "I so just excited. wanted to go." Excited. Yeah. He was like Jim Crawford said when I told him he was delighted. And then to then go, actually, you're going to go, like, I don't know. From I'd be a little bit, I'd be looking at it from a player's point of view. I understand what Alan's trying to say. I get it. The caveat to what Alan's trying to say is they need to learn how the group manage in these tournaments. where Against and, top nations. Against top nations. So you go, you're going away to Norway. Get a draw. Like, you know what I mean? Like you said, that it gets the two all. Wait, we're not losing the game here. We've a, we've a game at home against Italy on Tuesday in our backyard where we can have a go off Italy come out of Norway with a draw here and that's again that's group management how you're learning how to come through a group to make sure that you have a chance to qualify and they're the things that they do need to learn in these 21s 19s and that's the whole point that when they do get to a group stage a senior level they can navigate a group where they can go let's dig in here and we haven't really got that because maybe they're jumping a little bit too soon they've had to but they need to learn and that's the bit that I would say well the only thing I can say about keeping them is that they get that experience of group management um, and he's obviously gone and experienced you know gone over to play in the Amsterdam Arena against Holland he's thinking I'm going to get on now it's a shame that he doesn't get on I don't agree with I don't agree with Haman's thing that the FAI should no, step in no I don't in. agree I, I and, think, and did I think agreed, that's a bit yeah. I think that's a so, little so bit overstepping the mark he agreed, he, agreed, team by committee, like. he agreed with my point up until then he added an extra layer onto it the two of them are out you know what I mean and he, <laughs> popping it together he, he said it should have been um, he, he, he was it, asking him was I, was I as good as Stefan Eckenberg was he <laughs> he said that it should have been taken out of his hands and that it, that the FEI mark I and, and I don't agree with that at all Stephen I think he completely undermines the manager 
if you yeah, think and that. Yeah, and I don't think, and nobody would agree with that. I think that was uh, the extra layer that Didi went too far. But the, the one on. But that's on, the German FA for you. That's what he was used to dealing <laughs> but, with. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. even if you go back to England, when they changed their whole kind of setup in terms of St. George's Park and all, they put such an emphasis on the underage yeah. structures trying to win tournaments because they always felt. They, they basically had a root and branch review of everything, thinking, okay. We've great players, but we're not winning anything. What's going on here? So they took it right back to the underage setups with the 16s, 17s, 18s, 19s. All of a sudden, Eric, when they started putting a focus and an emphasis on that, they were winning World Cups under yeah. 17 and under 19. Yeah. Now, people say, well, if the talent and the players and this, that, and the other, yes, they do. And the difference but, is the investment as well. And Stephen yeah. came out with a, with a line yesterday where he says, all our managers are aligned from the 15s, 16s, right up to the 21s. I don't think that's alignment. You don't? I, I don't think that's alignment where Stephen takes Andy Moran out of that and not looking at the bigger picture. Because believe me, there's Jamie McGrath, Will Smallbone was injured, there's Troy Park, there's plenty of options there that could have come on like they did the other night. Mm. If he thought so much of Andy Moran as this up-and-coming star, he would have been looking around at the bench going, OK, well, we know what all he can do, I'm bringing him on. But he didn't even do that. So I think if Stephen was, was aligned with Jim, he'd be looking at that saying, OK, Jim, what do you need? you're going really well here. Um... Great start. These are two tough games. I'm not taking more, and more can stay with you. I've enough over here. This is a dead rubber anyway. It doesn't. It's not going to make or break anything. It'd be a different story if we needed to draw in the Netherlands or something. And he's thinking, I need all the best players that I can have. By all means, take more and whoever else you want. But because there was nothing riding on it, and all that's riding on this, and again, I go into the bigger picture and the future kind of planning of them lads qualifying for a major tournament and what it would mean for all of them going forward in their senior careers to be talking out in the Euros uh, for the under-21s, yeah. playing against Germany, playing against Spain, playing against France in a group, winning games, losing games, whatever, in a major tournament. We've never had that. And then, it's exp- then it becomes tournament experience, which is what we need... Like, and would you uh, argue, sorry, Grim, the last little would you argue a game against New Zealand where people say, oh, well, they're bedding him in now and he's part of the scene? A game against New Zealand or playing in, the, in a tournament for the 21s against France, Spain, and Germany? And you might learn a lot coming up against Chris Wood. But see that, see that, see that, and this is where we're having, a, we're having an argument about the here and the now about Stephen. And then Alan's touched on it. Like, we're, we're constantly fixing the roof and the foundations are, aren't, just aren't there. They're not. And and the reason, by the way, when we throw a lot of bouquets at England, Gareth Southgate seven years in the job. Big Sam was in charge before Gareth Southgate. People forget that, but they had all their structures aligned underneath it, that the talent was coming, and they were going. Look, we'll just leave that for the moment. We'll come. We'll come to it. And now, then, all of a sudden, Gareth Southgate does well with the twenty ones. They promote him, similar to what happened with Stephen. But he had all this talent and array coming underneath them, and that's just not there. And until we fix that, until we actually, the FAI, you talk about alignment, until the FAI actually get a hold of all the leagues and say, we're the governing body and we get help from the government to fund this and you show that you're diligent in how you're doing it, we're only going to ever fix cracks. Mm. That's all constantly we're doing. Firefighting. We're all yeah. constantly. And it doesn't matter. Could be the best manager in the world comes in and all they're doing is fixing leaks and cracks. I do think they might get a bit more of a structure in terms of team at the moment. But... It's it's about having talent to come in and replace it when when it doesn't hit form or when it goes out of form or when there's injuries. Can we get boys coming up underneath it? And like again, I'm in the structures of it. We're only, I'd say, the academy structures in this country are still in its infancy. I still think, but it is the way forward. But it it? is the way forward. It has to be. But there has to be alignment along the way. We have a DDSL and 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 all these league teams. And I I'm good friends with Barry, and it's not their issue, but. 
they play winter football and then the academies play and then you go, your son plays winter football, my son plays winter football. Don't have games. Six games we've Correct. had so far. So, and, and, we played a game Sunday as our first game. So of, how do we align this <clears> all where they actually, every, like there's one association answerable for it all and they listen to that and this is the mandate you're taking. But you see it with the, even the FAI where the the Oireachtas and all this stuff that goes on and the, and the gender quota, all these things, we're not aligned in anything we do. So how are we going to try and... And, we're, and by the way, I was talking to a journalist yesterday, he said to me, and one of the things he says, football in this country is the biggest open goal you'll ever get in your life because no matter what club you go to, you could be at a, a Gaelic club, they'd be playing football in the goals. Yeah. You'd be at other clubs, they're all, everybody plays football. <coughs> like yeah, Kids will come up and all they want is coached because they can kick it and they can play. At rugby, you have to teach them everything. In Gaelic, you have to teach them things. Football just comes natural to people in this country. And we just haven't harnessed that yet. It's the and, biggest participation yeah. sport in the country by a mile. And, and by know? the way, we, and, uh, I listened to a report the other day that we're the lowest in terms of government funding towards any sport. Any sport, I heard that, I heard that. In yeah. Europe. Yeah, any sport. In Europe. Now then you go, well, what's your, your healthcare system is struggling as well. Well, if we increase our sport, it takes a burden off the healthcare there system. There you go, yeah. That's not me getting political on it because yeah. we're not on, that's a different Joe show. <laughs> but like, that, isn't it? Like, yeah, where you 100%, 100%. Align things. And get hand help, in hand, Joe. Get help, like. Get to the, go to the government and go, you're going to help people in your constituencies who have kids that want to participate in sport. Help them. I think I instead think of helping bleeding greyhounds, Group yeah. One Johnny done well, well done. Like you know what I mean? Do me a favour. I seen uh, there's been a that's like, there has been. Sorry, that was nah, me that's, the, that's the, what the, we want, Graham. That's our cut down. No, I just, I just get that's the stuff I get annoyed. It's we'd rather back, we'd rather back dogs, yeah. than back kids. Yeah, play yeah, football, yeah. Like, and it pisses um, me off, like you know. It, it really does, and it's 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 it, like when you, at least the conversations now happening when you talk about the Oireachtas, you talk about the government, and there's people I've noticed on social media encouraging everyone to make it a political issue yeah. when your TD comes knocking on your door looking for your Aiden vote Aidan O'Reardon is, is on to me constantly will, and avoid, will like come into the Oireachtas I says, I'm not going into the Oireachtas like I'm where'd it go bro go on I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> GPS yeah. no I was like oh, okay no, not, that's not for me but uh, like but they, yeah, they are bigger and wider he was good you as well wasn't he yeah he was yeah Aidan yeah well Aidan Aidan I'll do it if you, if you want, to, if you want yeah, someone yeah. no nothing about football but, but, that, but you need more Aidans that's the problem yeah. like, and that's why people are saying you know the next time a politician knocks on it or ask him that question. But we've been banging this drum for years, Eric. This is the problem. I know, now, but I think now, it's changed. Yeah, and I finally feel, even off the back of the FEI Cup final, exactly. I finally feel we're in a position now where when we've been banging the drum on this, people were kind of looking yeah. at us as much as, uh, are you for real? Where now actually people are looking and saying, because we've substance behind us, when you can look at the numbers that are at the FEI Cup final, you can point to the attendances at games every Friday night in the League of Ireland. And we've been saying this for years. I remember writing an article back in 2012 about facilities and basically saying, build it and they will come. Here we are 10, day, ten years later and, and I think we've two grounds that have, we've, We've helped kind of yeah. uh, build, and we and we didn't even help it. It was the the councils that did that. But that's what I'm saying. That that's the biggest thing that's holding us back at the moment. And finally, as you say, if we do feel as though there's a slight change towards the attitude or the approach, we're in a far better position now to argue our our side of the coin. And I think that's what what needs to be done more and more. And as you say, keep lobbying, keep trying, because that's like we're here talking about Stephen and the young lads and yeah. fellas coming through. It all starts from there. And until he can only we... work with what he's got, hasn't he? And, yeah. and, and you, even the tribalism that goes on in the league, it's brilliant. 
But the ridicule Rovers would get or someone else would get for the council helping with the stadium. You got your council to build your stadium. Well, lobby your council to help. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I've no issue with that. Yeah. If if, if Bowes went and got council money to build the stadium, I'd be like, fair play yeah, to you. Yeah. Wherever, no, wherever there's we no can, impact on me. Er, no, wherever we can get it, take it. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So that's weird. I'm like, but instead of ridiculing the coach, you no, know what? Why we can't we do that? Like, um, I suppose uh, while we're talking about Ireland uh, the airplane New Zealand uh, uh, on Tuesday in the Aviva and uh, I suppose the talk now has moved on from who will succeed Stephen Kenny I know we've had this conversation a couple of times Al uh, Graham we haven't had a conversation with you yet but I think oh, I actually brought it up last time I oh said, did you Graham Potter remember I said, oh you did actually don't won't get him you won't but get I him said, why haven't, oh, look he's probably on a golden handshake here not to work at Chelsea but why haven't they even sounded him out? Like why haven't you would not a hope would you? I, no, but you still he's a different to, level. But you still have to try and talk to him. But yes. he's, yeah, nobody else is talking to him. Yeah, true. Yeah, I but mean, I made the point where we're shopping. We're not shopping in Brown Thomas. We're uh, shopping in Centra. But it is, but it is, it is an attractive job. Oh no, the job is salary wise. But and then I think Potter's on a different trajectory altogether in his career. You don't go from Chelsea to managing our own Irish national setup. He's no. too young, probably. I mean, maybe and even the Carsley one, like you can go through the, the names. Yes, the pressing that Neil Lennon is favourite. I mean, I'm sure Neil Lennon's a nice fella, but I, I just. I but that's but that's my point about the market where we're shopping <coughs> at the moment. You know, like Potter. Look at the trajectory where Neil Lennon is. I know disrespect him in his managerial career to where Graham Potter is. Worlds apart. So you'd be you'd be that's where we're going to end up with the likes of a Lennon. I see here Steve Bruce's name mentioned. Um, <laughs> Gus Poyet, Sam Allardyce, Roy Keane, and Lee Carsley is still there. And but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I know you're a comedian. I wouldn't laugh at them all, Eric. I wouldn't laugh. No, you're a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't I, laugh. That was the bit that made me laugh. Sorry. <laughs> I'd be hoping for the comedians, for the audience to laugh. Not I me. I wouldn't laugh at these people. <laughs> I wouldn't laugh. I wouldn't laugh. They, they deserve respect as well because we're look where we're at at the moment. Yeah. We shouldn't turn our nose up at anyone. Yeah. Anyone. The, I suppose the argument that people are trying to make now off the back of Stephen is. Do, we can't just go back to long ball or it's Stevens brought us to a point where we're playing well the football isn't exactly working out great for us at the moment either but my argument to that is it doesn't have this is why people get so bogged down yeah. with it's either long ball or it's exactly, football it's yeah. not it's, it's not. a game a game that sometimes you'll pass it long sometimes you'll play it short and you adapt your circumstances exactly yeah. Yeah. You'll, oh, when, you lose, when you lose the ball we'll be well set up when we have the ball say this, we go I probably score. agree with him here. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 we have our we have our battles, me and But again, the, the, it, it's it's like that. People think it's it has not to one be or the way. other. And we and again, we t- you're never we're never going to be that nation. And England sometimes want to be that where they wanted to dominate the ball, and why can't we do what Croatia do and all these things? And England have a little bit of that, but still, when they come up against yeah. a, 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 the top tier nations, yeah, a France or even an Argentina. They'll own the ball sometimes, and you have to accept that because they're good players as well. Mm. So you have to have that. So you have to suffer sometimes. I yeah. say this all the yeah. time: be willing to suffer. And I, I enjoyed that side of it. If we, if you said to me we're doing attack free defence and you give them ten balls, I go give them twenty. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <laughs> Bring the, it on. again, but that thing of because you learn about each other in them moments, and and I've no issue with that as long as you're able to throw a punch the other way. Mm. We're not just going to do this for ninety minutes, and that's the bit that. But in terms of them names, it's hard, like because, like, I look, I coached against Neil and would have known him quite well over in Scotland, uh, and he's all in Neil. Like even when I went to when he was back at Celtic, I remember going and watching a reserve game, and Neil was standing all beside us watching a game, and two minutes later he's running across the pitch and. 
taking the team like and, and that's and where that's, that's he's, where he's the, all in, like, the, and know? the strength of him Eric, and he did a good job at Celtic the strength of what are his attributes well the strength of him is exactly as Graham said there would be passion and there would be fight and he's a feisty character I'm telling you there'd be either row him over there'd be a few rockets up the backside yeah either row where were you I was at Dundee I was assistant manager at Dundee and um, it was his assistant manager I said something to the ref and I said ref like any chance and Gary Parker like, oh yeah, yeah. Turns around and he had a go at me. Down you, you're only at this. And I, and I looked at him. I went, and he had a big beard and it, like just looked. I says, "Who are you talking to, you hobo?" <laughs> and uh, and and then Neil said to me, "Hey," and I went, and Neil had a go at me. And then afterwards he comes because you can't talk. I says, "You can't be. You need to sort yourself out in the line." I went, Neil, you were doing an airplane. Like three months ago on the pitch against, we well, have these equalised against Rangers. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm I'm all right compared to you. And he just went, ah, yeah, all right. And then we went in and had a beard. And then he was like, when are you going to Dublin? I says, next month. I was like, give you a buzz. We go for a few drinks. I says, ah, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have got home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the stuff you said that <coughs> earlier on, where you feel the stuff we were good at, we're gone away from. He'd give you a bit of that. Okay. You know. So as you say, you'd like fire under their ass. Well, absolutely, yeah. All guns you need that. Yeah. You need that as well. You need, you, you, they all need coaching. They, they need a little <laughs> coach with them that's going to take the... Their managers, their ones that come in and see an issue and go to a coach, you fix that. Like Because I, I don't think, again, he's hands-on, Neil, and he wants to be involved, and he sees problems and he wants to fix them. His way of fixing them is letting a roar at them. But you need coaches underneath that that are able to fix it properly and permanently. And that's where I feel, even with Stephen at times, because that coach kept changing, they never got any continuity. And then, again, you go back to the system, he's never played. With all the teams we watched, and yeah. I played under him, we never played 3-5-2. Mm. And uh, Vinnie Peart actually said it. He probably failed Stephen, but he didn't fail his way. That's not the way he would have played. He played with wingers, he played with overlapping fullbacks, he played with midfielders bombing into the box. One sitter two either side of them that would run would go box to box full backs would go wingers would come inside one striker you haven't really done that under Stephen this year yeah that's the thing when you look at, when you think back at that brilliant on dog team yeah. Gannon flying up the wing Massey Mickey Duffy one side was Horgan before that um, I'd be not to Gannon on Instagram trying to get the foul bursting into the box and yeah. all you know um, the what's I going to say to you there the the, the managers that have been uh, listed as the uh, uh, as the potential candidates, like I'm, I'm, I just want to go back to Lee Carsey again, right? So he's coming from an under twenty one background and a brilliant England under twenty one team. But the argument, I suppose, out there amongst most people is that anyone would do well with that under twenty one team. They're as good as many senior international teams. The, the quality that they have, that English. They lost player. last year to, or last week, last month to Ukraine. That's right. Yeah. You know, so they're not that good. Yeah. Um, but the, but they obviously are, are a good side, but. I, I don't and I often hear that about when you hear managers that have great teams mm. oh well he could manage anyone can manage that you still have to manage it Eric yeah. like, and it's a different challenge when you're managing even the better players than sometimes managing the, the you're managing poor egos and all, all that. sorts yeah. of stuff you know especially nowadays and he is young lads I just don't think I, I hear the Carsley debate the discussion I don't think Car- you'll get Carsley now I think Carsley is viewing it thinking I could probably have that Ireland manager's job five years six years at a time when it feels right to him I again going back to the stuff maybe with Potter I think his trajectory is going a different direction at the moment off the back of the 21s doing well successful that he's probably eyeing up a club manager's job in England possibly I think the talk though because he's we... still young and, mm. and like he's obviously 
a lot of talk about him, how good he is. I've heard many people, people who were even friends with him, said he's highly regarded. Uh, he's obviously the fact that he's managing that brilliant team and doing well uh, he is highly regarded I just don't think you'd get him now and if, if you're him looking in from the outside thinking here's the 21s you mentioned your words as good as many national teams do I go over there the scrutiny on me the pressure the the, the bit rebuilding the job at, at hand he is um Apparently, like I mean, he is a very proud artist man. Like he's like oh, yeah, seriously I, patriotic. I definitely think he'll manage Ireland at some point, but I think he's looking at that because his stock is so high at the moment. Thinking and timing is everything. And you make the wrong decision. He his stock is so high now. He comes over here and we go through another campaign like this, and he finds it really difficult to rebuild. His stock is back down there, and then you're looking at jobs in England, thinking maybe maybe I should have held on with the twenty ones, and now I'd be managing Fulham or Stoke yeah. or whoever. Whereas if I go over there now. Now I'm looking at Barnett. Shrewsbury. <laughs> it's hard. It's not. It's not attractive at the moment. It's not for everything around it. Well. I don't it's think. Not. I don't think it's attractive, Graham, for a fella who's no, that's on that. What I'm that saying way. to you. What I'm saying to you. I think it's attractive for a fella who's out of work, struggling to get back in, and and, and Neil Lennon, a Steve Bruce, that, that might a, resurrect things for them. Yeah, yeah, like like Steve Bruce has been. He's coached that many times. He's probably relaxed. An international job might suit him, where he flies in for does three weeks. And, and I like off. Steve Bruce. And, and, All of yeah, a good he's, character, he's a, he's a good nice fella, fella, seemingly. Yeah. Like, but again, it's that it's not attractive for managers on an upward trajectory because of everything around it, the structures around it, everything that goes into it. It's just not. And no. with, with just and again, the FEI need to sit down and really have a look at themselves first, and then go and say, right, what's best here? How do we get? But again, I I touch on it. You could put whoever you wanted in for the next two or three years mm. until we start fixing other issues. Again, it's just... So, I I probably agree with Alan on the cars. The one. I, I think he's looking at it going, that's actually... It's a hiding to nothing, as they say. That's a hiding to nothing, that one. Because yeah. even... At this moment. At this moment, yeah. I think it was I think it was, it was Kevin Kilban I was listening to. Yeah, recently. Kev's a good mate. He's a good mate. And me. he was kind of alluding to, to saying that he would be interested. In yeah, and Kev... But, well, that's where I've heard of Kevin. Yeah. He's said... Carsley, no doubt, I will manage Ireland. I've no doubt, and as you say, proud Irishman, loved his time over playing for Ireland, all that stuff. He gets all that, and he'd be brilliant for all those reasons. At this moment, I'd say he's looking at it, thinking, not this time. Well, would you? Yeah. Well, I would. If you're I'm, managing I'm the twenty one studio, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, it's not like, <laughs> managing England under twenty one. People say, oh, it's, it's not easy, like because half of them lads are thinking, like the ego in in that dressing room. If I should be in the first team, and those lads on massive money as well. Lads on massive money, yeah. and then they're up against other nations that are unbelievably good, like France and Spain, where you have to go and compete against them. They're not worried about competing against other teams. They're going, look, we're going after them. Mm. And then going and... And there's a pick, pressure because yeah, they expect exactly. you to win the, win and the tournament. And you're your wits against Spain and Italy and France and, and to go and win tournaments now. And I don't... Like, people say, oh, it's an easy job. It's not, like... Mm. You're, like and you're touching on 21-year-olds here who are on probably more money than you. Yeah. And you're trying to get a tune out of them and they're going back and playing with Liverpool at the weekend and, yeah. and wherever else. So I don't think people say... Oh, it's an easy job. I don't. I wouldn't agree with that. So you would who, agree. To, I don't know who said who told you that one. <laughs> you got that, don't I? I just, I just made that I up. No, yeah. <laughs> one, of your, one of your jokes. That was in, you, you opened the wrong path. That's me closer, Graham. That's me closer. Right. So we, we move away from the international scene, and uh, I suppose the big football story over the last week or so has been the uh, the Everton mm. story and the ten point deduction. Yeah. Uh, after an FA Premier League investigation, nothing to do with you away for people are all going, Oh, yeah, what about she? What about Chelsea? Um, they're different cases. Uh, just sorry, I suppose just your initial thoughts on that and, 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 and the, the damage 
that will have done to Everton. But what I, what I will say is I'm I'm so excited that Everton now have the, the wagon circled. They feel like the world's against them. And who's the next match against? Manchester United at Goodison Park. For God's sake. <laughs> yeah, but they're the form team. You can't yeah, yeah, yeah. Four out of five. <laughs> no, yeah. Form team in the league. Um, yeah, I think more worryingly for for anyone is that the damage it's going to do to Man City and Chelsea because the precedent that they've set here to dock 10 points off them and I was listening to it there's actually a really brilliant fella on uh, Twitter Nick Harris is his name and he was on the rest of football yeah, politics good, yeah. uh, the other day explaining it basically in layman terms so the 10 points they've broken a rule He's, he he felt that it was probably a bit harsh that it was probably looking at maybe two points four right. points and a big fine so the punishment the, didn't match the crime the fact that they've gone all in with the ten points he feels as though and then the question was asked well how come they've dealt with this one and yet Man City Chelsea he said they're coming but at the moment Man City is 115 charges <laughs> so everything have broken one charge against 115 charges Man City What's will be that? playing in the League of Ireland next year <laughs> <laughs> Against Linfield. <laughs> so, so that is like obviously that's what's going to be such a knock on effect to this and do to have the courage and the balls to go, to follow through that's what I suppose we'll all be waiting to see also everything admitted it yeah everything came out and said look we did it we did it wrong and the overspent they 20 tried million to, yeah, and they tried to gather it back through like oh well that was a Covid fund and we lost out on selling players uh, Man City haven't admitted it so it's hard for and them. they keep yeah. kicking it down now, the road the, again it's, it is extreme 10 points Nine Portsmouth got nine when they went into administration. So Portsmouth went actually. We're not even going to pay our bills. We're gone. Yeah. Good luck. Went into administration. Got nine. So I do think it is harsh in terms of ten. The the issue they have is they admit it. So you get. I think it's one hundred five million, and then you have to spread it out over the three years or something. They were over it by a good one hundred twenty four. They clawed it back <laughs> through all these different reasonings and and allowances. So they were twenty million, and people go what. 20 million in the Premiership isn't a lot. No. It is, it is for us. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so, but they've gone, look, we have broke the rule, but your punishment's a bit harsh. And that's where I would say, I think the punishment is a bit harsh. They're under pressure because the, the government are trying to bring in an independent adjudicator to oversee the Premier League. So the Premier League's... They have to seem to be active. They have to be seen to be active because they know this is coming where if we don't police our own, you're going to come in over the top of us. So they've gone after them a little bit. Uh, a little bit of an example. I do think on appeal it should come down. I, I I'd like to see it come down. I don't. I think ten is a bit um, over the top. But I think it's. I think that fired in shots across people's bow here to say get, ready. get your house in order. Like yeah, that. and also the, the the talk is the Premier League. Um, like it was UEFA and FIFA who investigated City and leveled a lot of yeah. the charges at them, and then just gave up on them because City put so many blocks and in various courts and whatever. But the Premier League have been looking at City now for five years and they're preparing this case for five years and And the the talk is they want it to be absolutely watertight that when it does come they can't appeal it they don't have any and that's the point he was making and and, and this fella has been shouting about this for a long time on Twitter if you follow him that's the first time I've ever heard him actually speak very good he was yeah on the podcast really good Nick Harris is his name Um, so but he was basically saying think about 115 charges they have to weave through all that kind of mess as you said Eric to make sure they're banged to have everything in, in the so that the day that they're going to nail them is we've everything ready to go here and as you said they keep kicking it down the road they've obviously the, the money the power the best lawyers the you best solicitors yeah, your man's lawyer yeah Boris Johnson's lawyer he brought in oh my god so no, I wouldn't be promoting another podcast the way yeah. Al there that was a bit no. that was very hard <laughs> sorry, sorry you know what I mean sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> when you're a stalwart like me, you can promote that right or... I can't believe he's promoting other podcasts. <laughs> well, look, just, the listeners who listen to us and they might flick over to them for one oh, week. No, yeah, yeah, just cut that beard out. <laughs> but it was, um, but he's very good and just, that's the interesting thing for me now because obviously the trouble that the Chelsea stuff last week that we're reading about, obviously Abramovich, there's also all sorts going on there as well. So will they be brave enough and Graham's right when he says that the independent, obviously, um, regulators coming in, so they have to be seen to be powerful and act at the moment. Will they be powerful and strong enough to act against the big boys? Yeah. And that's not saying everything are not big boys, but these are the big, big boys. And now there's new reports coming out today about Newcastle in the, the big, big article in the Athletic about uh, uh, wrongdoings of the purchase of that club. And, this, and, and this, this stuff annoys me, Eric, in the sense that with all this ownership and like the wholesomeness of the game, which is what we have here, like the game we grew up loving, like. Were we ever talking about this stuff when we were supporting our, our teams as young fellas? No. And, like, the game is... It's then you have VR. I'm watching. Don't get me started on it. See the stuff last <laughs> night? VAR, you mean. Not did, VR. For, for. Virtual reality. Did, did, <laughs> did you see that? The stuff, the, the Rico Lewis penalty and all. Oh, Big yeah, yeah, yeah. Off. It's crazy, it's isn't it? fucking unbelievable. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Imagine. Would you, would, you, would you ever want fire in the League of Ireland? No. No, no, I don't think so either. I'd like a nice stadium in the League of Ireland. Like, yeah, a walking camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow the ball spot. Follow the ball spot. No, but, but they're, and I think Sweden are the ones, I was reading stuff about them recently there, that they're hell bent, no way it's coming in. And oh, really? Yeah, there was really good stuff in the Athletic about them during yeah. the week, that okay. Sweden are hell, no way in a million years that we're keeping the game the way, we, the way it was when we were growing up and it's staying that way. They don't want fire. It's no, they don't want technology. And it's not coming in. Wow. The, and it's the fans that So the are, only time mm. Swedish clubs experience it is when they're in Europe. Yeah. They won't bring it into the league for domestic games. That's mad. Yeah, but it's... but it's I, Without getting into a VR debate, and you know my feelings on it, but have you think it's enhanced the game in any way whatsoever? No, not at all. Especially when uh, different parts different parts of Europe are using different systems. Like, yeah, yeah. when you it's see in the Champions... Like, yeah. yeah. Well, see- VR was brought in, and the only time ever I thought that it might work is that you have a, an absolute howler of the Henri handball. And we're all sitting home going, this is an absolute disgrace. This is an injustice. This needs to be brought wherever we can go with this to win. Then you're kind of saying, all right, let the cameras fix it. When they're bringing it in for Rico Lewis, jumping for a header and just going... I'm laughing at this needs to go anywhere and then we get a backhander because uh, we didn't get into the... Remember? <laughs> well, we, I know... The, the torty... What was it? Well, the torty... 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 That actually embarrassed me. No, that, yeah. no, no, I'm not referring know, to that. That was ridiculous. But, but what I'm saying is that was such an injustice yeah. that that's where a camera could fix that yeah. straight yeah. away. Lampard's one where it goes in against Germany. And that gets fixed with the goal line. Yeah, the goal line's perfect because it's black black and white this stuff of like last night the referee makes a decision Rico Lewis goes up for a header his arm is flailing as, as Graham will tell you centre half going up whatever right or anyone on any part of the pitch if you're going up for a and the next thing the ref plays on everyone's playing on your man's on the ground tell him go over and look at it and they give a penalty and I'm like what's going on here yeah. so they're re-refereeing it every incident on the pitch yeah it's not for like a like howler said, it's not for a, a big one obvious mistake. yeah a big obvious mistake that's just one of those where it's just a landing and it's a, a connection. I don't... I and think how often do we involved. see that? They're, they're too policed. Yeah. That's the thing. They're too policed. I'd hate to be a referee now. They've almost authority. taken the power yeah. out of the referee's Totally undermined. The referee is totally... He might as well not even be there now. Yeah. They might as well have a fella up in the stand just blowing a whistle from the stand and saying, OK, we looked at that and that's a penalty. Just yeah. get a... Just get... Again, just get better referees. Just work on your referees. Like, And I, I actually thought for a while... England was getting a really high standard of referee before this and now I think they've gone a little bit like turtle back into the shell as if oh, I'm afraid I don't think they've helped yeah. I liked I liked I liked the World Cup when they let tussles happen I thought the, the bit of fighting for your space and all that stuff and 
just because I like I might nick you, but it's not enough for a foul. I liked all that. Now they've gone. Then they went back to, oh well, there's contact. And you go, the course is going to be contact. Yeah, it's, 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 it's gone. That's the bit, and, I, and that's the bit. Like, well, it's enough contact to put you down. And now, like Harry Maguire's one was yeah, a penalty. That was a penalty. How do you think go back and yeah. look at that? Yeah. But you're like every little inch. That's the problem, Eric. As I yeah. said, the Henri one. Where everyone's sitting at home, minding their business, something like that, and you're like, "Oh, this is a disgrace." Oh yeah, but if you're sitting at home and you see the Rico Lewis one, I don't think anyone in the world was sitting going, "This is a disgrace." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so so Mudrick, Mudrick for Ukraine last night in the interview yeah, time against Italy. Would you think that was a dive? Like, I mean, it dep- again, it's a, it's another. That, I suppose that shows the the he difficulty dived, of the situation. The you think? He he, yeah, but I would have dived. Dive. No. I would have dived and won it. He dived no, and made it look like it was you ridiculous. Wouldn't have went even near the contact. <laughs> you would have went. I'm not going into that. No, I didn't think. I didn't think it was a penalty, Eric. I really didn't. Okay, right. Yeah, so I you, thought the referee because was right there. If you watch, didn't even check it. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was a penalty. And, and I like because then again, there's the referee making a decision. Unless it's a blatant howler, help him then. But I actually think your man. Now I knew what he was doing because Mudrick's nicking in, and how often do we see it? You get the little nick, and all of a sudden Bumped the foot's down. dangling, and it's. But a he needs to take the contact. He didn't. He didn't take no, the contact. Yeah, yeah. Take the contact. But I think to be fair to the defender as well, what helped him? He just. Yeah. He knew. Oh, yeah, I just got it yeah. back in time. Smart out, defender. Did, yeah. yeah, I don't. That would have knocked him out. No, I was. I was yeah, watching the match. Yeah. It was a good game actually. Yeah. Um, and Italy have changed again. Like there's, and again we're going back to managers debates. New fella comes in, new philosophy. Spalletti obviously unbelievable at Napoli, and it's just whoa, whoa, Italy playing like that last night. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. believe it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Really How open. often have we watched Italy? You know, oh, here we go. Again. The dour defensive. Yeah. And I don't mind that. Yeah. They're they made it an art defend. defending yeah. over the years. But yeah. Last night it was all yeah. Chiesa. F- Barella and they're all brilliant yeah. to watch. It's actually interesting. Listen, the Chiesa, um, like he, he, he obviously feels a little bit restricted at club level, um, but uh, they were praising him for his performances for Italy. And he says, brilliant well, player. He says, "Well, I'm playing in a, in a system that helps me. Yeah. It's an open system and it allows me to do what I'm best at, yeah. like kind of thing." It's a little sly digger, his, uh, his club manager <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Probably like reason. Yeah. It's him on the move, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's him gone. Um, so, uh, so that's. So, and I suppose with the Premier League coming up, uh, we we should talk about the big game that's coming up this weekend, and it's the. It's the meeting of City and Liverpool who, you know, to all intents and purposes over the last five, six years have been the two dominant teams. It's been a two-horse race between those two clubs. Uh, City, uh, was a little doubt about Haaland. He reckons he'll be fit. Uh, Liverpool have been seemingly under the radar but still looking really, really good. Um, Van Dijk looks like he's gotten, getting a bit mm. of form back as well. And uh, to me, uh, the, cha- the closest challenges to the City will be Liverpool and Arsenal. Um, your feelings, Graham, uh, looking at that Liverpool City match? I'd agree. I'd agree. I think it's nearly like Liverpool go toe to toe with them, then it takes it out of them for the year, and then they then they reset and go again. Because last year they were they were a good bit off. I think they needed midfielders. I think they've got. I think Sabasai is a wonderful player. Brilliant player. Yeah, yeah I really goals, enjoy really. watching him. He just has. Um, Everything, yeah. Technically, his game understanding is brilliant. His touches in tight areas. Um, I really like him. I think they miss Andy Robertson. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, down that side, and where City are strong is coming in from that side. It's like they, they, they come in that way, and then they get runners, and then they get down the sides. And like we, we touched on them cutbacks for Haaland and crosses for Haaland now, where they've added that to them. Um, I like Liverpool. I, I still think they maybe give up too many chances. I give, especially down the middle of your goal. I think Allison's brilliant and he has been for them. He's the a best. joke. He's yeah. the best 1v1 goalkeeper probably I've seen. At, um, I think City might have a little bit too much for them. But I do like Liverpool and, and Guardiola touches on it. These will kill you. Like Liverpool will kill you and hurt you in the space of 10 minutes with their out-to-in runs and the power and the pace they have going forward and that sort of aggression that they play with. And, and, and that's the bit where you're talking about... Ch- 
I like watching that. I love watching aggressive type of football as it played going forward, like aggressive with without the ball. I, I see you have so much control of the game, and you're like, come on, and then you're waiting on them. They're nearly waiting for you to buy. They go, come on, come on out, and, you, and if you don't, they'll just keep moving it. Where Liverpool, I just think, just go for you, and I love that about them, and that's the way I think when we're talking about coaching. I like that as a development style. Because I think you can always rein it back in and go mm. to the control. So I'd always go play flat out and see right. where it takes you. But um, I agree with you. I think Arsenal and Liverpool are the two that will, will challenge City. But I still think City probably have another gear to go at times when they get maybe everyone back in the way they want to. And all those international breaks are out of the way. <laughs> yeah, we're looking at them. And again, I tipped Arsenal at the start. I don't think they've hit the heights anywhere near of what they did last year. But yet they're still up there, which is a good sign for them, I suppose. Um but Liverpool are the ones you mentioned under the radar. I, I can't believe how many people have kind of been avoiding the fact that they're right in the race. Yeah. Nobody seems to be giving them a chance and opportunity at all. And when you look at them and their attacking prowess and Salah looks as, as sharp as ever. Um, even I saw him live there a couple of weeks ago and he, he's unbelievable, Salah. Like he's so, I'd, he'd be a Powerful, isn't he? Oh, he'd be a nightmare to even even contemplate Mark and never mind actual doing it. So But do you still like just, just on Salah, like like just before the season started there was talk of Saudi. Yeah. And they were like there was talk of two hundred million. What is he thirty? Thirty one? Sure. Is he is he around, he's around that, isn't Salah, he? Yeah. He's around yeah. that. Like is like, as brilliant as he is and as brilliant as he has been this season and could probably will continue to the rest of the season. Do you not think Liverpool maybe should have cashed in? Two hundred million is two hundred million. He could have brought two, three players in yeah, and they did that obviously with Coutinho and spent it wisely, but I don't think Coutinho wasn't giving them anywhere near what Salah's going to give them this year, 25, 30 goals. So and they weren't able to press the same way with, with Coutinho. So, so it was the, so the, the sacrifice. Point, so when you, when, you div- when you actually, again, break it down, like a, going back to the argument with the Andy Moore thing, what's more important? They're looking at that kind of Liverpool thinking, do we hold on to Salah and giving us 30 goals or do we take the 200 million? I'd be holding on to the 30 goals and trying to win a league or win a Champions League or whatever. Yeah, or they're yeah. not even in the Champions League. No, but I'd, be, I'd agree Europe. with that. I'd, I'd actually say I'd hold on to him. I think for what, he, this, he, for what he means to the club as well over the last five years, I think Darwin Nunes has touched on how helpful and again, he's been as well. That leadership yeah. thing you're talking about. And, and that's so hard. Graham, what Graham mentioned earlier when you're bringing in all that, those young lads at once but you have no leaders or anyone old. You only bring in two or three along with the eight experienced fellas. You don't bring in seven young fellas with two or three experienced. Alex Ferguson. Well, well, that's a one-off. But, <laughs> yeah. I, but he still had, he still had yeah. like Bruce and Pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce was still yeah. behind them. Yeah. Schmeichel Dennis was in goal. Dennis, they were all there, yeah. Dennis Irwin, Roy Keane. Yeah. Like, like, the three he moved was Konchelskis, Hughes and Hughes. Yeah. Like it wasn't like he, yeah. but and then the lads sp- played sporadically. It was like it wasn't you know, like the six of them all in at once. Yeah, it wasn't like our Nicky Butt played if something happened. Roy Keane, our Scolds was actually playing yeah. as an attacker midfielder back then. It was only coming off the bench. It was only ninety nine when the actually and even ninety nine it was Beckham, Scolds, Giggs has already been in. Neville Butt was in and out. Butt was in and out, and Phil was in and out. So it yeah. wasn't like all of them played all the time. And yeah. that's I think, and people have this perception. Oh well, they all came to, like. What age do you think Beckham and Scholes joined United's academy at? 14. 14. Mm-hmm. But people think, oh no, they've been there all the way up. They didn't. Sure, Beckham came, came from up, London. Yeah, and, and, and Scholes came across from Oldham. That's right, yeah. So it's like people think, oh, you have to have them in there from the age of all the way up. And yeah. you're going, that's not the way it works. Talent comes into your club mm. and you make room for it to grow. And that's that's all United did at that. You know, and they were brilliant at it. So just, just get a quick prediction then. City and Liverpool. I, I think Liverpool always caused the problems. Yeah. Always when they played them. I, I, there was the brilliant clip in that documentary, I'll never forget it, where Guardiola, they're getting ready to play Everton and the boys are in and obviously the warm-up or the 
the lads have gone out for the warm up and you have Guardiola with the three or four coaches still in and all their thought he's going through the tactics of Liverpool on the board and they're getting ready to be, and he goes oh no Salah he do this yeah, and he, yeah. he come in here petrified yeah. and he says it straight out he says they're the only ones that I lose sleep over at night because okay. they play with that that's what he said they'll hurt you he says they'll kill you they'll kill you in instance if you don't if you don't if you're not willing to run with them they'll kill you so imagine and what he was said the game could be over in 10 minutes <laughs> imagine what he was thinking of everything that day <laughs> <laughs> not even more. lads go out there and just beat them <laughs> <laughs> right, I think City will beat them at the end yeah yeah like two I said, great yeah, teams I think like Two great yeah, I love watching Liverpool. Yeah. And great the styles make fights as yeah, well. It's exactly, great. Yeah. Like it's brilliant, you know. And so what's your prediction? Well, I don't think City are going to win the league this year, even though I think they're amazing, as I said with Arsenal. So I hope Liverpool beat them. <laughs> you, hope. you hope what's your, what's your oh, predict? What's your he predict? Won't look. Come on, commit to it. I'll. Yeah, I'll go Liverpool, yeah. Liverpool right, I'll, I'll, I'll go City. City. We'll have a we'll have a friendly five or better. I like I love Liverpool. I'm a Liverpool man, but I think again, I think if you're giving up them chances in the middle of your goal that they gave up against Brentford. So um, I think Haaland scores them. Yeah, they've got more players that'll hurt you. Yeah, but City offer up a few chances as well against the better ones. True, yeah. Sam I'm, I'm going to predict the draw. <laughs> two uh, <laughs> two <laughs> draw. Score draw. <laughs> score draw, yeah. Both teams to score. Over two and a half goals scored. Who That's my big builder. Everton are... You know, oh, look, of course you Everton just, are going to win. Of course they're going to win. Just, you just pick teams that just help you suffer, don't you? <laughs> exactly. Oh, no, my existence. Hey, you got to learn how to suffer. <laughs> and my God, I'm, I've got an honest degree in suffering, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, that has brought us to the end of episode 35 of House of Football with Sports Joe. Massive thanks to Graham Gartland, Alan Cawley. Thanks, lads, for joining us. And we'll see you all again next week. If you're watching her on YouTube, leave us a comment, join the conversation, uh, leave us a review on any of the platforms forms that you listen to the podcast on and as I said it's spelled A-M-A-Z-I-N-G thanks very much you've been listening to House of Football brought to you by Sports Joe